the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh! They did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double water. Hit that one from the parking lot. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Kai McEwen, joined by the rest of the three-man weave crew, Matt Cox and Jim Root. We are getting into our college basketball weekly slate once again on the podcast. And fellas, we're going to jump right back into the live dog of the week section. This is, of course, where we endorse an underdog that we think might just have what it takes to win outright. Uh, where's my dog? And I got a couple candidates for you guys, but first I want to go back and take a look at last week. Last week, Jim, we're looking at you first, man. Oh, back- don't, dude, don't do that. <laughs> don't look at me. Back Bama State, uh, they played Northern, or excuse me, they played, uh, who did they play? Uh, North Alabama. North Alabama. Yep. Push plus eight. All right. No harm, no foul there. Colorado State, though, got annihilated by Colorado. I can't really. What the hell was that, that about? Can I defend this? Yes. I didn't realize that this would be the first game that Coach Prime was in the building. And ah, yes. he showed up. And Colorado went absolutely banana land. Everybody's there trying to pr- uh, impress Coach Prime. The crowd was absolutely electric. Yeah, I, that was. I missed that part of the handicap. I sure did. All three of us were on the Colorado State Dogs that time. And they lost by 30. So, hey, it happens in sports betting. It's that what dog we do. walked. Kai, I took Siena against Georgetown. Boy, they were winning for a lot of that game. Then they ended up not covering plus six. They lost by seven. But Utah Valley was an outright winner against BYU. So I shall pat myself on the back. And then Matt Cox also got an outright winner. He found Jacksonville playing VCU, playing a full strength VCU team as well. And a shorthanded Jacksonville team still beat him. Impressive outright winner for Matt. Clap, clap, Thank clap. You. Thank we you. Even, we won't even mention that SMU lost by 18 to Arizona State. And that not even competitive. But I tell you what, guys, we found you two winners outright. That'll pay for your dinner, your beer, what have you. Let's try to find some more this week. I'm looking at Wednesday, guys. I see four candidates. There weren't a lot of good ones on Thursday or Friday, in my opinion. But as always, feel free to jump in at the end here. I'm looking at UCF. They're plus five per Ken Palm at Ole Miss. I think this team is very good. It is their first road game, though. I'm looking at Wright State plus eight at Akron. I think Akron's very vulnerable right now. Blew a huge lead recently. Uh, Wright State's offense keeps them in every single game. Their coaching's very good with Scott Nagy. I'm also looking at Radford plus 10 at VCU. We just saw VCU lose outright to Jacksonville. They've been struggling. Ace Baldwin, their point guard, is still day-to-day. And Radford hung with Marquette and Notre Dame. I've been impressed by them. And then finally, Tennessee Tech plus 12 at Lipscomb. Tennessee Tech has kept a lot of games close, and they can shoot. Very important for an underdog, a live dog. Uh, what we look for, high-variance teams that can make threes. Lipscomb's lost two straight. Alabama A&M and Tennessee State outright. Yikes. I'm going with Jim first. Do you like any of those? Do you like some other ones? What do you think? I think Tennessee Tech is worth a stab. Uh, I watched the Lipscomb-Tennessee State game, and Lipscomb is capital T-E-R-R-I-B-L-E. Did I spell that right? I hopeful. Uh, yeah. Terrible defensively. <laughs> they are a complete sieve. Like, they cannot keep anybody in front. Their big men are not very mobile. Uh, Ignasevich and Asadula are both 
relatively statuesque, uh, so they can't guard people, and they turn the ball over like crazy in that game. Tennessee State's got some more athletes than Tennessee Tech does. The pressure will be less intense here, but at 12, Kai, like you said, they can shoot. Lipscomb is a – they will shoot a lot too and are prone to some cold spats. I, I think that's at least worth looking at back in the 12 and, and even a little bit of sprinkle on the money line, Matthew. I like Radford, Kai. Good good pick out here. I did Man, you hate VCU. I love it. I do, and I love VCU preseason, but I don't like what I'm saying right now. Um, offensively, really, really, really in shambles. I just think it just puts so much pressure on their defense. Like it's There's a point where you're so lopsided that your defense is, is actually bound to crack as well if you can't actually get points to supplement. Um, and Radford is a feisty, feisty dog. Darius Nichols, man, it's got that thing rolling. Mm-hmm. I would like... Uh, this to be priced plus 10, I feel like it's going to be bet a little bit lower. And so you're probably not going to get the juicy money line price you're looking for. Um, but, you know, three to one, maybe, um, you know, pl- plus 300, maybe hangs somewhere. I I, I would be inclined to dabble that uh, for the Highlanders. Just, just to kind of underscore your point, Matt, this off season, when we were working for the Almanac and, and writing that preview, I talked to South Florida coach, Brian Gregory, and they had a horrendous offense last year and a really good defense. And he talked about how hard that was for the players mentally to be like, Every time we knew we weren't like we weren't going to score, and it's like hard to play defense knowing yeah. that. And I think VCU is dealing with that a little bit. Uh, Radford also, if you use the old Bart Torvik no priors, Kai, they're number two in the Big South. They have been really rock solid, and the talent that they brought in via the portal, our boy Brian Antoine, is like a role player on that team. They have, I think, every right to be pretty legit. Yes, I agree. And I'm going to take Tennessee Tech and. Radford as well. I'm hopping on the Highlanders. I'm hopping on the Eagles for Tennessee Tech. And let's go. Double-digit money line dogs. Wow. And you shall soar. Yummy, yummy. And you Jim, shall soar. Did you mention your last one here? The last couple? No, no. I, I we were, we were going to get to that at the end there. We were, I thought we were hitting your four. Those, um, are, my, I, I those also... are my just two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm not taking the first time mention. I want to give those options, guys. I'm going yep. 10 Tech and Radford. We do love options. Kai, I'm joining you on Tennessee Tech. I'm going to take the Beach Boys on, on Wednesday night. I think it's worth a stab at USC. I don't love the Trojans as a big favorite. There's no travel or not not much other than LA traffic. And I just kind of like these Beach Boys, man. I think they've got pretty solid uh, defensive weapons. I think they can compete in the paint at least enough. So I'll, I'll go with the Beach Boys. And then on Thursday, I'm rolling with the Chattachoo Choo Train. The Chattanooga Mox on the road at Middle Tennessee. It's not much travel there either. Just a little bit south of Nashville down to Murfreesboro. And I don't know exactly if Dalvin White's going to play. Chattanooga's point guard. I listened to a radio show and they sound unsure he could play. But their freshman, Brody Robinson, has been pretty solid. He started the last two games and has at least given them a spark at point. I think the Mox are worth a shot because they're another team that takes a ton of threes, Kai. Sounds good. And Matt, just Radford for you. Yeah, I like the mocks. Obviously, I, I loved them, actually, uh, a couple times this year. They've been not quite all the way in sync. I know Dan Earl's still trying to do some tinkering on both sides of the ball, so I did stay away, and Middle Tennessee has been awesome, just coming off that overtime win against Belmont. Uh, but we yeah, just wrap it for later. me. We'll talk yes, about them later. Yes, good, 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 good. Uh, Blowout City is our next section. Fire! quick recap of last week san francisco could not quite blow out merrimack which is incredibly concerning i don't really understand that yeah, one still merrimack flying across the country how do you not beat yeah. that team by 40 come on i don't know and really they only had to cover 20 they won by 19 i think it was a pretty close cover uh tennessee though bulldoze eastern, eastern kentucky 
wasn't competitive, close to 40. This week, few and far between on the options here, guys. But I did take two SEC squads that are worth a look. Matt, first one's home Auburn. Auburn minus 22 per Ken Palm against Georgia State. Georgia State just lost by 20 to Northeastern of all teams. I mean, my goodness. And the other one is Mississippi State. Minus 20 against Jackson State. It's a semi-away game in Jackson, but it's not at Jackson State's actual arena. Uh, Mississippi State versus sub-200 opponents so far. Sub-200 meaning they rank lower than top 200 in Kempom. They've won by 33, 37, 20, and 30. I think they could blow out Jackson State here. Matt, your thoughts? Uh, I just looked at the Auburn-Georgia State game and laughed. Like Georgia State's shooting is so anemic, it's it's like really inexcusable how you can actually 20% build from so three. 20% from three. One of 20 against Northeastern, Jim. <laughs> and I've listened to like all of Jonah Hayes' press conferences. If he says put one foot in front of the other one more time without acknowledging the complete atrocity that is their shooting, I'm going to throw something at my computer screen. I think this under is actually better than like a true blowout just because Georgia State actually does have some athletes and maybe they can somewhat compete with Auburn on the glass, but they're not scoring more than 50 points here. There's no way. So I, I guess I like under more than the blowout in this one. They're they're three and a half percent below the second worst three point shooting team in the country. Like I, I don't think it stays that bad. Jermaine Mann won't shoot nine percent from three this year, but like they're clearly not a good shooting team, and they don't shoot it with confidence. I think there's something to be said for that as well. Um, yeah, I, I would lean towards the under. I want to do a quick fun fact on Mississippi State and yes. Jackson State. It is being played at the Mississippi Coliseum in Jackson. This. Arena, fellas, I found out is built on top of an extinct volcano. There's an extinct volcano in Jackson, Mississippi, one of four Hmm. in the entire U.S. I went down a a rabbit hole when I found that and started reading a bunch about it. Dormant, right? Hopefully, it stays dormant. That'd be good. Well, it's extinct, Matthew. It's extinct, but But I could see Mississippi Valley State being somewhat of a volcano here. The one thing Jackson State has been unable to quit when they get down. They have a lot of fight to them. Michigan got big on them. Akron was just up twenty-eight at halftime on them and Jackson state came all the way back to cut it to like eight in that game. So maybe a first half I think would be the best option because if Mississippi state gets up big, they could get sleepy and Jackson state has shown that they refuse to quit or go quietly. So we're modifying the blowouts Kai, but I think we're still getting good bets here. I love it. I also love the volcano facts. That's wonderful. Matt clearly does not know his volcanoes embarrassing for him. Should have it paid is. attention in science class. I'm more of an Asia volcano. Like that's my yeah, the that's Pacific Rims expertise. where I specialize my volcano. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's contained. Before we get to our next section, Power Games of the Week, let's hear from our good friend, Stucky. As a reminder, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. So kick off the new pro football season with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION200 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 
1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Thank you, Stucky. And we will move on to our Power Games of the Week. Oh, feel the power. Oh, I can feel it. I only found two, fellas. That's all we got. We got on Wednesday, UCLA heading to Maryland, a future Big Ten showdown in what continues to be a travesty that UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten. Kim Palm has this one at Maryland minus one at home. Matt, the Terps, two straight really close losses, now back in the friendly confines of College Park. Very, very long travel for UCLA, who have, get this, zero quality wins outside of the Pac-12. Who do you like in this game? I kind of lean Maryland. Uh, just the fact that they're back at home and they're coming off those two straight losses you mentioned. It, I think Maryland had a slight, slight letdown in energy and effort, just human nature. They played so many big games. Now I think they're finally back in College Park, friendly confines there, UCLA coming cross country. I know UCLA is desperate because they badly need a huge win. Like they just haven't gotten one this season. And Cronin started, you can kind of feel the frustration. Um, and I know they're still trying to tinkering with like some role usage there in the backcourt. So I lean Maryland. I think this is a legit team. Nothing fluky about their start at all. Just kind of came up with the wrong end in a couple of close games lately. I think they get back in the win column here. Basically a pick them. So yeah, you're betting on them to win. I'll, I'll take the Terps. Yeah, I echo all those points. I think you you get a lot for home here because of how excited the crowd is about Kevin Willard's team, despite the couple of losses. Uh, Maryland as as a team being more comfortable at home. And, and there's a little, I don't want to put too much on, on UCLA on this because Cronin is a master motivator uh, typically, but they do play Kentucky up in New York on Saturday. And so I could see an eye towards that game as like, man, that's our big time statement one. Obviously, this is a big game at Maryland, too. I don't think they're going to sleepwalk through it or anything, uh, but I think they might be a little bit more focused on Kentucky because that is massive, massive. Uh, and I just, yeah, combine all that together. I, I make this about a pick, Kai, but I might bet Maryland just because I, I, I think it's a great spot for them. I agree. I like Maryland as well. And I was impressed with them against Tennessee. They miss a lot of open shots, like a lot of open shots in that first half, Get dug themselves a hole, then they came back. And that's impressive to do against a top five team like the Vols. Yeah, like like Matt just said, the gauntlet they've been going through, they got down 15 and a half, couldn't make a thing. Like, I think you could just roll over there, and they yep. did not at all. Yep, very impressive. And then on Friday, that's right, we're talking Friday game here, Creighton heads to Marquette for a Big East battle. I believe it's the it's the opener for both squads in the Big East. Marquette minus three per Ken Palm. The Jays, Jim, are looking to end a five-game losing skid. Their All-American center, Ryan Kalkbrenner, probably still out with mono. I mean, that's That takes a while yeah. to get over. And Marquette's been really good. They just smacked Notre Dame on the road. Do you have a lean in uh, either way in this game? Well, I, I would have loved to bet Marquette, and maybe I still will, but I certainly wouldn't have expected it to be Marquette minus three in the preseason. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have... Uh, expected that, anticipated it. Creighton top 10 in pretty much every rankings preseason, top five in some. 
and they've tumbled now uh, to where where they are uh, outside the top 25 per both AP and per analytics Ken Palm rankings. Meanwhile, Marquette has shot up as high as any power conference team. Like they continue to climb. Matt, to my eye, they look fantastic. Tyler Kolick is the most like yeah. jitter buggy. I can get under the rim anytime I want. He can't always finish down there, but he just gets there and the defense has to bend and fold around him and he picks out great passes. One of the better passers in the country, maybe the best one in the Big East. I I, I don't like what I've seen from Creighton. I don't think they, other than Shireman, I, I don't know how much they create great shots for each other. And they haven't been making shots since they left Maui. So I, I definitely lean towards the Golden Eagles. I, I think there might be something like Marquette. Oh, they're playing a team that's lost five in a row. Maybe they let down. But Chaka's is going to be like, this is the Big East preseason favorite. If you can't get hyped for this in our conference home opener, then who are you? So, yeah, I, I like the Golden Eagles again. Kind of a random macro take here, but Texas fans got to be, obviously, with the whole Chris Beard thing, a little bit perturbed by that. But then you're looking at Shaka Smart, the guy that was there for how many years and brought in talent, underachieved with that talent. Now he's doing the exact opposite, Marquette, bringing in good talent, but kind of under the radar, hidden gem talent, and just extrapolating the absolute maximum out, right? Last year, phenomenal season, I think, start to finish. They had some bumps in the roads, but just like outpaced expectations this year, same thing. Um, yeah, lean their way, right? Like without Kalkbrenner, like what is this Creighton team? A team that can't shoot without a rim protector? I definitely don't want to back that team. Yeah, we'll see what the line is. I'm very curious to see. I bet it's higher. Five, Toledo. probably. No, I bet it's not, That's, man. I think uh, Creighton still has a lot of respect. Creighton in, still in has hey, You never know. Maybe it is higher, Matt. Take some they, respect off their name. Take some respect. Arizona, off I think, did take money. That's because Kalkbrenner was out, I suppose. We'll see if Kalkbrenner can give it a go. I, I tend to think he won't. Yeah, Shaka, by the way, Marquette this season. Better in Kempom than four of his six Texas teams currently. The guy just does better with lower expectations. He was yeah, awesome I mean, at VCU too. That Texas team had like a five-star center that got drafted yeah. in the lottery every single year. And it, that's not his style. That's not what he wants. Just not. And we move on. Mid-major game of the week. We have two. We have one on Wednesday. We have one on Thursday. The first one, New Mexico State is going to St. Mary's. Kempom's got this one at minus 13 for the Gales who have been awesome. I'll just say this about Mexico state, Jim, the off the court stuff has not affected them whatsoever. They nearly beat Santa Clara. They handled Duquesne. And now you have St. Mary's who's coming off a massive San Diego state win. I don't think it's the type of team that does letdowns, but if there's a spot 13 points, you never know. Yeah, potentially. I I wonder if St. Mary's Matt will probably try to twist this motivation into we lost at home to New Mexico. Let's at least beat New Mexico State. Right. Uh, we, yeah. we can't get swept by that state. That state. would be that'd be bad news. Uh, but kind of your point about not getting affected by the off the court stuff. I think that can probably go one of two ways where it just totally derails your team or it's a circle the wagons rally in the foxhole with each other. And it seems like New Mexico State has taken the more positive approach out of it. And the coaches did kind of go to bat for the players in all that. It, it hasn't maybe been yeah. great for them legally long-term. We'll see. Uh, but it probably brings them closer together, and they know that the coaches in their corner. And, man, that road win at Duquesne was was really, really impressive. Uh, bad travel spot, and they took care of business. But, Matt, I would lean towards the Gales. 13 is pretty high. If I'm making a number, I'm probably looking more towards the Aggies. But gut instinct matchup-wise where St. Mary's can kind of take away the lane, against a team that kind of wants to bomb the rim, I lean towards the Gales there. Yeah, the only time you need to fade St. Mary's is when they're away from home or uh, in a 
bad, bad matchup, I guess, like a weird matchup, like Washington, right? It was kind of one of those spots where it was like, you know, coming off a back to back against his own, you can see some weirdness and thus them not playing to the level that we've expected that they've shown so far this year. Yeah, this is a weird spot because you just beat San Diego State, but you're back home. And so far at home this year, they beat North Texas by 30. They beat Hofstra by 30. They beat Southern by only 20. Um, had Oral Roberts beat by 20, only won by eight, beat Vermont by 26, beat Missouri State by 20. I, I don't know. I mean, it seems high to me too, but then is it? Yeah. I don't know. New yeah. Mexico State this year, guys, fifth in the country, three-point percentage. They've actually shot the three very well, and they're willing to this season. That's definitely a, a departure from what we're used to. Thursday, we see UC Irvine going to Santa Clara, a team we uh, we might have talked about earlier on this podcast. It's hard to remember with all the shows we do. Santa Clara minus one per Kimpom might be a little surprising. I bet it's a little bit higher, Matt, when the market's open. Irvine right now has the third highest ranking in the Kimpom era for the program. They've been a bit up and down, in my opinion, but the analytics, hey, they aren't lying right now. They've had some really great efforts. Santa Clara has had a bunch of impressive wins, done mostly nothing wrong. Do you have a lean in this game? I kind of lean Santa Clara. I'm going to wait to see what they do against Portland State, which will be uh, on Tuesday uh, coming off that tough loss at home to San Jose State over the weekend. I- I'm looking to find a good spot here to back Santa Clara. Like, I love Russell Turner. I love UC Irvine. I just think this team is a little bit different than the ones he's had in the past, and I don't trust it as much. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should look at that as like a, hey, he's evolving and adapting and and succeeding with the new DNA. But I kind of think I trust Russell Turner's DNA with like two monster rim protectors, defense, execution, not exactly like elite shot making, which is what this team is writing uh, its hot streak on. So all that to say, Jim, I lean Santa Clara. Hopefully they lose to Portland State and I get a good spot to back them. Well, I'm on Santa Clara, so... I hope you're wrong. How dare you? Hope I lose a bet. Oh yeah. Uh, but okay. the so people, no, people yeah. listening will know either I won a wager on Santa Clara or I did not. We'll find out. Uh, but yeah, Matt, to your point, the DNA is super different. Like in the past 10 years, Irvine hasn't ranked worse than 140th in block rate. They're 321st this year. They don't have that alien-esque defender, the Jonathan Galloway, who's like a three-time <laughs> Big West Defensive Player of the Year. They don't take away the rim quite as well, but they're fourth in three-point percentage. Kind of like the New Mexico State fact you just gave us, where mm-hmm. not a team we expect to be so willing and able to shoot the three, but man, this team has crazy shot making. I'm sort of with Matt, uh, especially if it's one, I'll have it shaded a little bit higher towards Santa Clara, but man, I, I respect what Irvine's done. They've had some really high, high efforts, and I think they're designed, they're going to be a little more erratic than in past years because of the new DNA of the team. We move on. The Trash Man Pick of the Week. Just one. The ultimate trash pile. The Trash Man Pick of the Week. I'm the Trash Man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage. And you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. Is that it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. This week we have Long Island, LIU, at Albany. And Albany, being a six-point favorite for Kim Palm, tells you the other team must be pretty bad. Well, they are. LIU is 353rd in Kimpom. Albany ranks 333rd. LIU's gotten beat pretty bad in just about every game. They're one of the worst offenses in the country. Albany has been awful, one of the worst defenses in the country. Between the pair, Matthew, they have just one Division One win this season. Are you going to watch this game? Are you going to bet this game? What are you going to do? I won't do either. Maybe I'll bet LIU, actually. I, I'm actually more out on Albany than I am LIU. I think Albany is a better team, but I'm from a betting perspective. I think there's more value in fading Albany than there is value in fading LIU. LIU got a little healthier. Uh, 
some of their results early were just terrible scheduling, like complete stupid buy games where they got completely crushed. Uh, Utah is the one that sticks out. Um, and then Albany with like all their roster stuff and coach weird stuff and like lawsuits going on at the school. It just doesn't seem like a great situation. I, I'm going to back LIU here, maybe small, honestly. Um, not excited about it, obviously, but I'll, but I'll get involved. Yeah, to your point, LIU is three and four against the spread. They've seen some massive, Uh-oh. massive numbers. Look but... out, baby. Yeah. Albany's two and seven against the spread, so clearly they've been pretty bad. I mean, LIU though, Trey Wood, I think, is their most important guy, and he came back and then was out again for the UConn game. And if he's not back in there, I have no interest in backing them. They lost by I'm um, checking the notes here, 127 points to UConn. Oh my God, that's terrible. I can't <laughs> believe they lost by 127. Yeah, I can't do that math. 114 minus 61. I can't do that math. So. <laughs> it's actually it. 53. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, hmm, but a fun guess. minus 39 wager. Hey, hey. I cannot touch this game. Both teams have way too much roster flux where I wouldn't want to bet on them. It's enough where I would bet against either team in the right situation, but I can't bet on one of them. Yeah, my angle here is Albany can't be a six-point favorite on against anybody, so I'm probably <laughs> leaning towards LAU here. We'll see. We'll see what the actual number is. Moving on to our last section, it's a, dip- a bit of a different one in our spotlight section this week, guys. We're talking whack-a-mole teams that we can't figure out specific to us or the group. And I'm going to kick this off here. Lightly. I'm going to start with the king of whack-a-mole teams, in my opinion, and I'll explain why. <clears throat> UT Rio Grande Valley. Here's why they are the king of whack-a-mole. You cannot get this team right. They're 4-4 four and four against the spread with nearly a zero cover margin. That's the definition of whack-a-mole. They were blown out their first two games by K-State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Then they won their next two outright as an underdog. Then they were blown out by Texas. Then they have an outright win against Corpus Christi, a team that just blew them out earlier this season. Then they got blown out against Western Illinois, a team they beat outright. And then a normal cover against Houston Christian. If that's not the most Jekyll and Hyde squad resume, I I just don't know who is Jim. I think the impossible part for them is like you said, they have a zero cover margin, but every game is covered by 10 to 15 points by either team. It's not like they're hovering around the number every game. It's way far away one way. And then the next game, they slingshot way back the other way, but it's not linear, like up and down each game. You kind of, one game's good, two are bad and two are good. Like it's, it's hard to figure. I've won a couple bets on them, Kai, but I I think maybe some of that is good luck, good fortune. I, I enjoy Rio Grande Valley. I was very high on them coming into the year. lost some money early in the season with that Kansas State blowout. But I think I'm going to be backing them going forward. Matt, I thought we kind of liked the talent preseason. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's just a when you have a bunch of JUCO guys and a whole rerun of or whole roster turnover, you're going to have some volatility. I, I'm not sold that I'm going to be. I thought I'd love this team, and I was really turned off by the downs of those uh, ebbs and flows you mentioned, Kai. So I don't know. I'm not quite sold. Yeah, I think I'm 0-2 or 0-3 against the spread on them. So I'm, I'm going to just basically stop. Uh, maybe, well, they're in the whack. Uh, that conference is brutal, so we'll see. Middle Tennessee is my other team. Uh, only three of their eight games have been decided by single digits, and just one of them has been decided by less than seven points. And this goes both ways because they're 4-4 four and four against the spread also, guys. Their double-digit wins include Rice, Hofstra, Stephen F. Austin, and Belmont. That looks pretty dang good. But they have a double-digit loss to Missouri State, who has not looked very good this season. And they have seven-point-plus losses to Winthrop and St. Bonaventure. They're a team that I just cannot get on, on the correct side on. And 
probably going to stay away from them for the foreseeable future, Matt. I know you love the Blue Raiders. You talked about them earlier, but man, they are frustrating. They are frustrating. I still trust them. I don't believe this volatility will last. I don't quite understand it, to be honest. I To me, it's a team that kind of lives off their competitive gene. Like that's the most redeeming thing you can say about them is they're deep, but they're like, they just play really hard uh, against rice. Kai, I think we both watched the game. I was like, Holy cow, this team plays hard as shit. But I guess when you don't and you have letdowns, maybe that's what's prone to this sort of up and down trajectories. Uh, I don't know, Jim, I can't explain it. I still like this team. Yeah, I like them. They were the best ATS team in the country last year. They went 26 and eight. I think part of that might've led to them being really highly valued. So their good performances have to be awesome for them to cover spreads. And the fact that they're still doing it and, and are four and four rather than being like totally overinflated and one and seven type of thing, I think is a testament to them. Uh, but yeah, Kai, I have not, I don't think I've bet a game correctly. I was on rice that game where middle Tennessee won by 40. Yeah. Uh, I have certainly not figured out the blue Raiders yet. Frustrating indeed. Well, let's kick it to you, Jim. A couple teams here that you can't figure out. Go ahead. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. That's that's who I cannot figure out. The Thundering Herd, it, it should be simple. This team is 8-2 and two against the spread. Hey, Jim, you idiot, just bet on them. But I was really high on them coming into the year. Bet on them opening night. They lost at home to Queens, a newcomer to D1, who mm-hmm. kind of, we were high spread, on. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, we were high on Queens coming in, mm-hmm. but I didn't think they would win at Marshall, and that kind of threw me off the scent on the Thundering Herd. I think I bet against them a game or two after that. And then I thought, okay, perfect spot. Chicago State's coming to town. Marshall's played really well. And then Chicago State covers. And so there, I'm 0-2 betting on them. I am now, to this point, 0-4 betting against them. I'm also 0-2 betting their overs. So that is 0-8 on games involving Marshall. Matt, to me, that's the ultimate whack-a-mole because I, I, whatever side or total I bet on them, I'm wrong. I can't figure them out. I think I downgraded them after both the Queens game and the Chicago State game. Like and then didn't give them the 3x upgrades they deserve for every other 20-point um, bludgeoning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we could probably put Chicago State in this group of uh, whack-a-mole teams. Um, I think it's Jim's, one of Jim's, yeah. Yeah, Jim, I see that are. as you... Yeah, I see the state of the outline. Uh, I'm looking... My list here was the Haslametrics top 20 most inconsistent teams. Mm-hmm. There's a web of, like, incest here with these teams. Where, like You see a lot <laughs> of that kind of all fall in the top five. It's like, hmm, maybe they've just played the same... I don't know, but no, I, I think Marshall is just a, a, a annoying conundrum to solve right now, but I think they are really good. Jim, Chicago State? Yeah, they, they're kind of up and down, like where I think I have them solved. Uh, they're not playing very well. I'll back Valpo coming to town against them, and then they destroy Valpo. That 13-point final margin you might see is totally misleading. They're up by 30 in that game. And then, okay, I'm kind of back on track to go to Kent State, get blown out. Like I said, I bet on Marshall against them, but they covered against Marshall. I did get them right at Marquette. They were super uh, feisty in that game. They got down big, close to the number, and then came all the way back to cut it to like a 10-point game in the final minute. And then I tried to bet him against Bethune-Cookman, who's been bad. I was wrong there. And then I thought UT Martin would blow him out, and they got up 22 at halftime, and then Chicago State came back to force overtime. Yeah, They're pretty up and down too, man. And I, I think I what I should do, the smart approach, would be to just stay away, Kai. Yes. We'll, we'll see what I actually do. <laughs> yes, I would agree. They are 6-5 and five against the spread, which we talked about on, on our other podcast, our main podcast, is basically ridiculous. Uh, and Gerald Gillian deserves an, an award for being like... Yeah, he does. Exceed expectations, coach. He's been incredible. Matt, a couple teams that you cannot figure out this season. I got more than a couple. 
Okay. I'll package three to start a SWAC trifecta. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, HBCU trifecta, uh, Grambling, Norfolk, Alcorn. Mm. I think the common denominator here is that they're all three really good, but they've all three had uh, a couple of key pieces in and out of the lineup. I think the inconsistency is just a manifestation of a terrible schedule where they've had some games they've absolutely just folded based on, you know, running out of gas. Like I think Grambling losing to Incarnate Word makes no sense given who we've seen them compete yeah, with. And what beat. is that? Uh, you know, Prairie. We saw this with Prairie and Alcorn the last two years, right? Like, uh, was it Perry who went up to Boise and lost by 60 or something? So I think with these teams that are really good in the HBCU community that are on these world tours, you kind of have to pick your spots wisely. So um, the other one I had, Kai, that I was really confused by was Detroit Mercy and Western Carolina. Um, I think, again, similar parallels between them. Transfer talent is what is the impetus of those two teams. Now, Western Carolina is stratospheres below Detroit talent-wise, but I think that's what causes the turbulence um driven by player performance less so by system execution so to speak and i think that can you know if you're making shots you can get really really hot ride your talent but if you're not it, there's nothing back to, there's nothing to fall back on i guess so quick point on your first three matt I, I think like you said you mentioned the schedule i think it's a huge part of it norfolk states played zero d1 home games alcorn states played zero home games at all and grambling states played one d1 one, and they won maybe colorado yeah yeah. yeah, so it's it's just hard to figure. The World Tour thing, I think Grambling's good. Uh, I think Norfolk's really good. <clears throat> I think Alcorn could still be good. Uh, I think Western Carolina is terrible, Matthew. So yes, I, just, I agree. I just I think that one for you. Yeah, yeah thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and I, think, <laughs> I think Detroit's actually really good. I, I think they have a lot of talent, and I'm 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 in on them, Jim. Especially as they, if they remain whole in terms of roster with yeah. Liddell out there and Stone and Oliver and Davis, like when those guys are all on the floor, that team is tough, tough. Absolutely. And you know who else is tough? The three man weave. That's right, us. Thanks for joining us, guys, on the Big Bets on Campus. Again, we thank you, Action Network and Bet MGM. Guys, do you want to quickly recap what we're on before we sign off here? Uh, the live dog section here. I'm on Tennessee Tech and Radford. Matt likes Radford as well. Yep. Jim likes Tennessee Tech, the Beach Boys of Long Beach State, and Chattanooga. Choo-choo. Chattanooga train. Yeah, Auburn and Miss State, guys. Any takers there? I'll, Mississippi I'll, State, first half. First half. Matthew, nothing. I like Maryland I have no as well, blowout Matt. takes. Maryland Maryland's an official UCLA play for me, yes. Is our recap. Yes, yes. Uh, nothing in the mid-major games of the week, guys, I don't think. Although I'm leaning towards Mexico State. I am. Matt and I like LIU plus six against Albany. Thanks again. Psychos. To you guys are psychos. We are psychos. Yeah, we we are love sick. it. We are trashmen is what we are. We will talk to you guys next week. Till then, good luck with your wagers. Have a great weekend. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.